Welcome to my first podcast, entitled Primitive Dwellings in the Santils of Ballier Ballybunion. As historian and musician, I hope you will enjoy our short journey back to the pages of our history and appreciate the people and the landscape that makes up Danny Hulhan's Irish experience. Over the last 40 years as historian, I have been asked in relation to this unknown area of settlement in the Ballybunion area, as archaeological papers and data are very vague. Who were these ancient people, and why choose this area for such an isolated settlement in the first place? In this episode, I will explore into the lives of these ancient people that lived there within the sand dunes of Ballier 4,000 years ago, and I hope to put a spotlight on this area's hidden rich history. Located one mile south of the present seaside resort to Ballybunion is the townland called Ballier. Skirting the coastline is a large stretch of naturally formed sand dunes, today used as the famous Ballybunion Golf Club. During the late 1800s, 1970s and 1980s, preparation processes for both golf courses were underway. Cooking places called kitchen middens were uncovered. Found were heaps of shells, burned stone, charcoal, large antlers and stones fashioned as primitive cutting tools. Ballier, in ancient times, took the name the Townland of the Deer. Today, evidence of an ancient forest bordering the sand dunes has been uncovered. Broken down matter in the form of peat deposits have been found, preserved within the ancient sands of Ballier. Also, the roots of oak trees have been unearthed from time to time during land reclamation and house developments. The area takes the ancient name of Ballier, or Bolla meaning townland, and Ea or Fia in our native Irish language, a deer. At one point in the area's past, native Irish red deer roamed the ancient landscape of North Kerry and along the Ballybunnan coastline. Evidence of settlement in the late 1800s. Ballybunion was becoming popular as a seaside watering place. Thousands of people arrived by the famous Lartig monorail from the Stole, nine miles distant to Ballybunion. Visitors then spent their long warm days exploring the famous cliffs for bird life and the golden sandy beaches of Ballybunion for swimming. Another place explored was the sand dunes south of the town, which at that period of time, the present Ballybunion golf course was only in its infancy stages and access to the course was easy compared to today. Many courting couples wandered the high, lofty sand dunes for hours. It was during these visits and reports by early pioneering archaeologists drew attention to the evidence of primitive dwellings and finds that were discovered at that time. During numerous visits by early historians to the Santals of Ballybunion, between the years of 1893 and 1901, the remains of well-preserved red Irish deer were found deep within the lofty sand dunes and, according to sources, were of a large nature with an antler span of 12 feet. The old faded bones that were uncovered within the sand dunes of Ballier by the early archaeologists were split and had been broken by the action of a heavy object such as a stone, a practice by early people in the area of extracting the marrow from the animal, which was at that time a delicacy. 
evidence of kitchen midden sites in 1893. In 1893 and 1901, the natural wind-blown Santils of Ali rose to over 100 feet in height. And within the shade of these ancient dunes were found the kitchen middens or cooking hearts or refuse heaps of an ancient race of people who survived in the area by fishing for salmon in the nearby Cashin River. The bones and teeth of these great animals were found in large numbers within the deep sand dunes, evidence of their existence in the area thousands of years ago. These finds were a curiosity for visitors from time to time. As the sands of time shifted over the years due to severe Atlantic storms, handmade stone tools such as hammer stones, anvil stones and large quantities of burnt stone and charcoal from the ancient fires were unearthed, all having the appearance of being subjected to immense heat from those ancient fires thousands of years ago. Heaps of limpet shells which were obtained by the shore dwellers from the rocks on the nearby shoreline were found in the sandhills by the tons scattered in all directions, indications of a hunter-gatherer community that existed in the area thousands of years ago. It should be noted that in the years that followed the fines, local landlord George Houston of Innesmore, from the late 1800s, had his workers extract thousands of tons of shell and sand out of the area and brought to his lime kiln, which was located within the dunes. The shells were then used in a lime mortar mix and transported to the Lartig monorail to the Stole, which had a line extended to the dunes for sand extraction at the time. It was noted in the year 1893, during a field trip to the sand dunes, that heaps of limestone rock was present with a section of a stone wall. It was suggested that it was deposited there for building purposes and brought a mile distant from Ballybunnan. During the 1901 field trips, mentions hut sites and graves now gone. These were located along the Kitties River, now demolished. Were these the stones part of an ancient hut site once there? We will never know. Shell Valley Midden The middens identified became popular in the area to those who wandered the dunes. One of the most famous middens was called Shell Valley. This is now covered by the golf course on the 13th fairway on the Cashin course. This site contained thousands of shells, such as limpets, barnocks, winkle, antler and broken stones, which had been subjected to fire. Another midden was located on the 18th fairway, now called the Sahara, which is today a sand trap or bunker. These middens contain similar objects, such as burned stone, fragments of cutting tools, antlers and bone. The meat rock, or Corrignafiola. It has been related by local historians over the years that the large naturally formed rock located off the foreshore at the mouth of the Cashin is called Corrignafiola. There, according to historians, the meat men, or Nafirfiola, would kill and skin the native red Irish deer on this large elevated rock and returning later to the sand dunes to feast on the animal. Its hide then used for clothes and dwellings. The people of the period. The settlements of Bali was at a period of time when boiling water in open pits were used and tossing hot stones into the pits to make them boil. The roasting of red native Irish deer and pig on open spits was a common practice. 
These hunter-gatherers collected wild berries from the nearby woods of Ballier and Conocanore and fashioned their clay pottery as well. It should be noted that there is a plentiful supply of mud in the area of Ballybunion, so the manufacture of sun-baked pottery cannot be ruled out. To date, due to modern developments, no pottery in modern times has been found. One can just imagine these early people fashioning their stone tools with fragments of antler and bone to make ornate arrowheads, and then preparing to forage and hunt in the nearby woods and rivers of Ballier, then returning to their open fires to cook and consume their food. The native red deer and wild pig. The native Irish red deer roamed the grassy hillsides of Conocanore at that time and bordering the sand dunes of Ballier well over 1,000 years ago. So way back in antiquity, these shore dwellers of ancient Erdan had access to venison and the hides of the animal. The hides of the red deer was used as clothing and for the covering of their primitive camps. In fact, all of the animal was used, thus the lack of remains. The dense forest which existed from Conocanor to the sand dunes near Ballybunion and along North Kerry's coastline to Beale and Ballylongford these natural habitats contained the ecosystems to survive and flourish for thousands of years until they were finally exhausted by successive dwellers and invading forces. The wild boar or pig was trapped in elaborate pits covered with branches that were dug deep and laid along the paths of the old forests. The pig was killed and roasted on open spits around those ancient fires. Area chosen for settlement. These ancient people realised that the area was ideal for settlement. Located within the sand dunes, the fires of these early shore dwellers could be concealed, with the high sandals at their backs for protection. This protected and concealed their dwellings from the strong westerly winds from the mighty Atlantic. One can just imagine women and children surviving long periods in such a desolate place, with the sands of time shifting around them. Timber was available from the woods. The rocks along the Bally and Ballybunnan coastline was rich with shellfish, such as Winkle and Barnock, which could sustain a settlement more than a summer. As the shore dwellers used up the food chain of the area, these transitional dwellers quickly dismantled their hide camps and moved along the coastline of North Kerry to locate another rich area to harvest on. The only evidence of their time here are the burned stones, charcoal, heaps of shells, and a few remnants of work cutting tools have been found from time to time to indicate their presence. Sadly, due to land reclamation, the full extent of their early settlements will never be known fully. However, archaeologists have stated that these settlements were Mesolithic, a date of 7,000 to 4,000 BC, thus the indication of the importance of the Bally settlements. Over the decades, many questions have arisen about the Bally midden sites and its early settlement, such as, when did these ancient settlers arrive and by what mode of transport? Historians have suggested that these ancient settlers would congregate and eat around large open fires roasting their fish and deer, then cast their unwanted food and empty shells and broken tools into large heaps, thus the build-up of a midden. Other historians have argued, however, 
but these early arrivals were a group of individuals who squatted along our coastline thousands of years ago, leaving no real impact on the landscape but their rubbish behind them. Arriving at the high centres of Bali, the ancient shore dwellers did not have to forage for food for too long. The area had an abundance of fresh foods. The Cashin River was teeming with wild Irish salmon and the nearby woods which bordered the sand dunes was alive with Irish native red deer and wild pig. The fresh clear air had fowl and the shellfish was abundant on the rocky shoreline of Ballybunion which supplemented their diet. A river ran through the dunes so way back in antiquity these settlers did not want for water. The use of dugout boats was possibly used on the river as the primal mode of transport at that time. Indeed, dugout boat culture did exist along the Cashin River to the 1800s. The manufacture of combs made of bone indicates the personal life of the dwellers in Ballier, highlighting their attention to personal care. Large open fires were lit within the dunes and fueled by the timber from the nearby forests of Ballier. Cooking on spits was a common practice and cooking fish on heated slabs of stones was another primitive type of cooking within the dunes at that time. The Balier settlement and the tribes of Tierra del Fuego. The ancient dwellers of Balier could be compared to the nomadic hunter-gatherers of the tribes of the Yahan Indians of Argentina and Chile. Tribes who depended on the forest and river and also by boat. Hunting to supplement their existence. A fish, fowl and food gathering culture unique in all aspects. It should be noted that this race of people should not be stereotyped as an uneducated group due to the existence of primitive hand tools found in the area. These are manufactured in the area of Ballier where they lived, exhibiting a level of intelligence which was the precursor to the Neolithic period. They lived within the high centres of Ballier Ballybunnan in relative peace and moved on to another rich hunting area when the food chain was exhausted, a part of our past a part of our heritage.